Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. You know that. Bunch of media gigs. It was fun doing Steelers, Raiders for Westwood one on Christmas Eve. I actually have the week off from a game perspective, which means I am going to be watching the crap out of football all week. All the bowls, including Saturday, the college football playoff, which we will get into momentarily. Still doing Eagles pregame on Sunday. I'll watch all the NFL games on Sunday and then salivating, salivating over watching Penn State in the Rose Bowl, followed immediately by Bengals-Bills next Monday night. Are you kidding me? One of the games of the year after the granddaddy of them all. Really, really looking forward to it. Love doing this show with my guy, Emery Hunt. Check me out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL. But more importantly, follow him at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. He's all over CBS Sports HQ. They got him doing stuff all the time. He's Football Game Plan on YouTube. And the draft guide is the key. Big fan of it. Here's what I love about Emery, right? Last night, Cam Thomas is dominating. And a lot of people don't even know much about Cam Thomas. Emery doesn't even say anything. He just posts his profile of Cam Thomas, who, by the way, if you don't know, is a rookie from San Diego State who's playing for the Cardinals, who was killing Brady last night. An awesome game. And he was Emory's number one rated five technique last year. If you remember, during the pre-draft process last year, Emory likes to differentiate by specific positions, right? It's not just all receivers. There's the X, there's the Z, there's the slot guy. He does the same for different types of DNs because they are different types of players. Had Cam Thomas as his number one five technique. Cam Thomas was awesome last night, which is why you get the draft guide. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Get ahead of it now. This is the show that's three shows in one. We're college football podcast talking about the Bulls' biggest games. 
We are an NFL draft podcast talking about the best prospects in those games. And we, of course, are a college football betting podcast where we make some of our picks against the spread. I'll even get on the action on the college football playoff semifinal games a little bit later in the show. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL is how you always can watch the show on YouTube if you'd like. All right, Emery, let's dive right into it because we got a bunch of bowl games this week and then we got some of the big ones. So let's start with the Quick Lane Bowl, which is later today. It's Bowling Green against New Mexico State. Bowling Green's favored by three and a half. Emery, I have one question to start. How is New Mexico State in a bowl game? I did their game last year against Nevada and Carson Strong. They were horrible. I mean, so, so bad. How they are in a bowl game is beyond me. Well, they they won petition to be in the bowl game this year uh, because of the lack of eligible teams. And they were able to get it because, again, they had a game cancellation. Um like midway through the season and that kind of knocked them from being able to get to six wins. Uh, so they, they had to apply for that, uh, you know, that, that uh, grace to get in, but they also were able to schedule a, a game at the last week of the season against Valparaiso, which they didn't need because the NCAA approved them, granted them eligibility for a bowl. So they beat the brakes off Valparaiso anyway. Uh, but you like the fact that this team, it's so hard to one recruit and win consistently at New Mexico State in football. They're a dominant or excellent program in basketball. So to see them go to two bowl games in, what, four years or something like that, that's just mind-blowing. That's remarkable for New Mexico State. And um, so I know they are excited for this bowl game, which is why um, when you watch these bowl games that are not the college football playoff, it's all about who wants to be there, who's excited. Bowling Green feels like they played this game you know, because they play in the MAC, this game is in Detroit. It's like, all right, whatever. You know, so it's not that far of a trip for them. But I like New Mexico State on the money line because I think they're more amped to be there. And Justin Powers is a guy to watch. But Carl Brooks defensively, the D tackle is an All American. Probably is going to end up in the Shrine or Senior Bowl. Someone that he's. We talked about the five technique, Cam Thomas. He's six four, two eighty, six three, two eighty, two ninety. So he's around that that ilk. So he's someone to keep an eye on. He had, what, 30 and a half TFLs the last two years and I think 17 and a half sacks the last two years. So he's been dominant. He's a good player. Yeah, I, I didn't do any Bowling Green games this year, but I did a couple the year before. Brooks is a good player, really good player. Um, Powers is the receiver for New Mexico State. You mentioned you like New Mexico State on the money line. Good to know. Um, next game up, the Birmingham Bowl, which is East Carolina laying seven against Coastal Carolina. It's tomorrow night. The whole lot of Carolina going on. The total is 64. And um, some guys you're looking at in the game, including some guys going against each other, East Carolina guard Justin Red, Coastal D-tackle Gerard Clark. Yeah, Justin Red is someone I'm very familiar with as he started his career at Norfolk State. And having done a lot of Morgan State games, I got a chance to see Morgan, you know, I broadcast a game where they played Norfolk State. Now he goes, transfers up to East Carolina and makes a transition from tackle to guard. 
So you like his footwork. Um, and he's someone that's he's from Garth Tap. I'm sorry, but you like his footwork uh, playing inside, not playing on the outside, but someone that can play either spot. Now you look at Gerard Clark, bigger guy, but he, he you know he's a when you look at him physically, you think okay, he's a nose guard, right? He's a, a gap occupier, blah blah blah. But he is someone that is a one gap penetrator because he is quick off the ball. He forces you to block him consistently throughout the play. Because if you give up, if you let up, he's going to blow right past you and make plays. He's got good eyes, good footwork. Clark is someone that we'll see if they decide to, hey, he's, he's got an experience at tackle, first time ever playing tackle. Let's see if they move him down inside for this specific matchup. So we'll, it'll be fascinating to see how they approach this game. Because, again, Kosa is going through a coaching transition. So some guys may or may not be there. But for East Carolina – this is another opportunity, uh, you know, to really stake their claim. And I like East Carolina win straight up. Interesting. Um, yeah. And is, do we know where Grayson McCall's going yet? Did he announce? That's, that's the thing. He didn't announce. We don't know if he's playing in this game or because I know he was in a transfer portal. He was supposed to be on a visit to Ole Miss. A lot going on with Coastal Carolina and the way they just kind of, you know, in unjustly or justly, just kind of took their foot off the gas the latter part of the season because of the whole coaching thing that was going on with Jamie Chadwell. I don't know how motivated they are going into this matchup here against the Pirates. What about the uh, the military bowl that's coming up, Emery, between UCF and Duke? Does Duke have a quarterback we need to know about? For, for future references, yes, they do. Riley Leonard has been phenomenal for the Blue Devils. And at one point in time in the season, we're talking about Duke, you know, potentially winning the ACC. So I feel like this Duke team or this, this yeah, with the collection of players they got with that staff and how they're building this thing moving forward, Duke is going to be a problem next season. So Leonard is someone that's a true dual threat. He's their leading rusher in addition to being their, their leading passer. And he has so much confidence out there in the pocket to where, Hey, I know I'm the best athlete out here on, on this field. I know I can get the, the seven-yard gain, a 20-yard gain anytime I want to. I can also sit back in the pocket, buy some time, and find somebody deep down the field. So he is going to be a terror for ACC defenses for the rest of his career there. And he gives them a legitimate shot in this ball game. Now, for UCF, their running back, Isaiah Bowser, um, former Northwestern transfer, I'll toss out, you know, watching him play, he kind of reminds me of a cross Ross between, um, you know, James Conner, number one. But going back in the archives for this one, Robert Smith, he's got like a good feel for the run game. Remember the former Minnesota Vikings star, Ohio State star? Long strider, I remember. Long strider. Yeah, good fluid guy. Um, And that's who I feel like Bowser reminds me of. He is someone that, you know, got has good vision, you know, understands how to not waste time behind the line of scrimmage, very productive, good inside the, the green zone from the 10-yard line going in. So he has a nose for the end zone, kind of like Robert Smith did or uh, when he played it, kind of like how James Conner does. So this is going to be a fun game. I, I would say this. I would lay the points or take the points with Duke, and I like the over because UCF, we know, doesn't play defense. Duke can score as well. I think this will be a fun, entertaining game. So um, Duke is laying three, and the total is 62 and a half. So 
You like the over and you're going to lay the three? Yes, like the over, lay the three. This is this these games usually be end up being fun and entertaining. I remember Temple in North Carolina played a really fun one back when PJ Walker was there. Um I I like this one here to go over as well cuz UCS UCF's offense, John Reese Plumley is a really good quarterback. Um dynamic dual threat just like Leonard is. So I think we'll see dueling dual threat quarterbacks in this bowl game. Love it. Um Boy, there's a lot of bowls this week. A lot of bowls. This is like the week. Just looking at it like Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Kansas, Arkansas, North Carolina, Oregon. Um, There's a bunch. Let's get to Notre Dame and South Carolina, which is a really interesting one coming up later on on Friday afternoon. South Carolina's getting two and a half points. Notre Dame's laying the two and a half. The total's 51 and a half. I know Notre Dame has a stud in Michael Mayer. He's not playing, is he, or is he playing? I don't, th- I don't think he's going to play. But it's, it's good to talk about him because, I mean, you're talking about a guy that probably could go in the top 15, maybe. You know, with the advent of the passing game in the NFL, everyone wants a, a dynamic tight end. I mean, this one is not only dynamic, but he also is really good in the run game, too. So you find these guys that are uh, good inline blockers, but excellent receivers. Mayor is someone uh, definitely is going to go high. Um, I think everybody wants to know what you're thinking about South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler. Listen, man, it's funny how things can change. Because if you go back to 2020 and 2021, when he was in, uh, or 2020, when he was at Oklahoma, everyone raved about Spencer Rattler. He's, you know, he's someone that you want to look out for for next year. He's going to go top five. Then he didn't finish the way you kind of wanted him to finish. Caleb Williams became a superstar. And we saw how that manifested itself in 2021. Um, That's all you heard about this freshman quarterback. And then he kind of put Spencer Rattler on the bench and Rattler just didn't, you know, he played himself out that job. And then he goes to South Carolina. It just doesn't start the way you expected it to start. And you kind of think, oh, he'll be back next year. Then he catches fire in that upset win against Tennessee. Then he goes on and doubles down and helps beat the brakes off Clemson in the rivalry game to now there's questions whether or not he's going to leave after this game and go to the NFL, which is fascinating because, if we remember how this thing used to be, Ross, it used to be a situation where, man, you, if your name is getting hot, you kind of want to leave while, you know, your name is popular. You don't want to go back and then get an opportunity, you know, because now you, you've caught lightning in the bottle. You don't want to go back and run the risk of putting out more bad tape. Yeah. So he's in a, a, a unique spot here to where, man, do I do I leave or do I go back? Because it's hard to ignore the way he played against Clemson in Tennessee. It's like, damn, this is the Spencer Rattler everyone thought they were going to see last year. And now against a very good Notre Dame defense, if he goes out here and plays well again, stacking three excellent games with his arm talent and his ability, you know, he now can say, hey, I've grown, I've done this, I've done that. Um, he can wow people in the offseason with, you know, you know how people just stock tends to rise in shorts. Go show him what you can do on the whiteboard. Spencer Rattler now becomes the wild card 
in this quarterback class. And this is probably the class where if you're Spencer Rattler, you feel like, hey, I can probably get into the first round too. So let me go in because right now you got Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson. You know, they're talking about Will Levis. I would probably take Rattler over Will Levis based off talent alone. And, you know, the fact that he's not as older as Will Levis. So if you're Spencer Rattler, you really take this is a, a huge game for you. And so I'm I'm fascinated to see how it plays out because I think he has done a whole 180 on how we're viewing him based off the back end of the season. What are you doing with the spread here, Emery, with Notre Dame laying two and a half? I don't even know who Notre Dame's quarterback is in this one. Didn't Drew Pine <laughs> exactly. didn't Drew Pine say he's transferring? Did he say where he's going yet? I don't think he said where he's going yet, or I can't recall, but I do know he did enter the transfer portal. And so I'm taking South Carolina and the points here, and I'm also taking the over. I feel like we're going to see Notre Dame put some points up um, because South Carolina lost some guys to the transfer portal. Um, so I, listen, I think because of the significance of this game for Spencer Rattler, I, Ross, I'm telling you, man, this is, this is a, this is the wild card in this quarterback class. I think if they win and he has a great game, he's coming out in the NFL draft, even if they lose and he has a great game, he's coming out. Wow. Um, by the way, Drew Pine going to Arizona state. Arizona State, I just looked it up while you were talking. That's interesting. I kind of thought he might go to UConn. You know, he's from Connecticut, but um, evidently not. What about um, Clemson and Tennessee? Last one before we get to the college football playoff games. It's the Orange Bowl. You got the Tennessee Volunteers with Joe Milton playing quarterback instead of Hendon Hooker. It's so funny. Tennessee's like stockpiled all these uh, quarterbacks that you remember from these other colleges, you know, that they got them all transferring there and they're playing against Clemson and that D line. So you got the orange bowl with orange Tennessee and orange Clemson. Like you can't, if this game not sponsored by Sunkiss, I'm going to be upset. You know? So when you look at um, Joe Milton and we talk about Joe Milton a lot, Ross, uh, because the physical tools on paper are just enticing. You know, yes, it doesn't matter if it's a, a nine route like, you know, Dak Prescott threw the other day against Philadelphia on third and 30, or if it's a screen pass uh, like you, you you normally have in your playbook, Joe Milton is putting the ball there 178 miles an hour, you know. So we know he can throw the football from end zone to end zone. We know he has the old school Tech Mobile arm strength, right? Can he rein it in and find some touch? And we know he can make tight window throws, but sometimes you have to feather that ball in there, and we'll see if he can do that against his defense. It has a really good secondary. And I wanted to get your thoughts on Brian Brissy because we talked about him a lot too. I feel like this draft we've talked about Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, and we kind of not have brought up Brian Brissy because of the injury and him coming back from the injury. But before the injury, this dude was rock freaking solid. And I think if you are a team that doesn't get Jalen Carter or a Will Anderson, getting Brian Brissy maybe in between that 10 to 15 range in the first round, you might end up with a huge steal. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Brissy as a, as a player? 
Yeah, two thoughts. Number one, should have mentioned this earlier, but make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code ROSS. New customers, just place a $5 pregame money line bet. You've heard Emery talking about some of them on any college football team to win and get $150 if they do. So just pick a team, pregame money line bet, 5 bucks. you get $150 if your team does. That's code ROSS, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You know, you know who he reminds me of, Emery? And this is a really high bar, and it's highly unlikely he becomes this good of a player. But body type, style of play, Brissett reminds me of J.J. Watt. I mean, that, mm. that's who they remind me of. Now, not dissimilar in college. Watt came off the edge more in college. But Watt is really an interior player now at 290 pounds. Um, who is real good with his hands, but also is athletic enough to backdoor things, that's Brissy. Like, Brissy's a big kid now. Right. Big kid. And um, that's who he stylistically reminds me of. Brissy might be a little bit thicker and not really as capable, but he looks to me like some of the dudes I went against, like Aaron Smith for the Steelers. Wow. You know, some of those three techniques. I'll give you another guy a little bit who's still an unbelievable football game, uh, football player, because they did that Raiders-Steelers game Saturday night. Cam Hayward is a monster still. That poor rookie for the Raiders, Dylan Parham, just – he didn't have it. I mean, he just didn't have enough uh, – nothing, you know, nothing is rear to hold up against Cam's bull rush. He's just so strong. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Brissy guy. Uh, looking forward to this game. Clemson's laying five and a half, probably a lot of the Hendon Hooker factor. What are you thinking, Emery? Yeah, I like Clemson in this game. I'm laying the points because we get Klubnik for a full game, um, which just makes the offense that much better. There's no inconsistency that we're going to see in the passing game. Yeah, Tennessee may do some things defensively, but we're talking about a Tennessee defense um, that was there in name only, if we're being completely honest. Um, And we are talking about Clemson's defense. Um, that m- the majority of their guys are going to play in this bowl game. So I like Clemson, you know, on the you know, as far as, far as on paper out there on the field. And if you're Pete Carroll, just to throw this in here for draft uh, purposes, if you're Pete Carroll and you got two first round picks, you could potentially come away with either Will Anderson and or Jalen Carter and Brian Brissett. Your defensive front seven is fixed now. Well, they definitely need to do that. Um, although they played better against the Chiefs, they still need to be much, much better on the defensive side of the ball. All right, let's get to the college football playoff games here, Emery. And uh, they are both on Saturday. The first one, TCU-Michigan. Michigan's laying eight points. The total is 58 and a half. I don't even know what bowl game. The the second one's the Peach Bowl. I don't even know what bowl game the first one is. I think the Fiesta. Yeah, that sounds right. Fiesta. Okay. Listen, um, that total is too high, I think. Uh, I feel like TCU's offense for how good it's been, a part of me feels like it's one-dimensional. A part of me feels like it's Quentin Johnson deep down the field, hopefully he can make a play, um, and that's it. 
if or Max Duggan scrambling, making a, a play. And you don't want to give them the tag of Cinderella because they have earned the right to be there. They are a Big 12 champion. But I like Michigan's defense. I think Michigan is probably one of the more fundamentally sound defenses uh, in college football. And I think their defense, along with the way they can run the football, this is old school Michigan. We're talking about the Michigan offensive line. We're talking about a Michigan tailback. And we're talking about a defense of Michigan, a defensive front seven of Michigan. This, to me, is just a bad matchup for TCU. So I'm laying these points with Michigan, but I'm taking the under. I I think TCU's ability to really create chaos early in the game uh, and their defense can fly around the football. They'll make a few plays. So I think the under is is not going to be – I don't think the the total is going to be a a big high-scoring affair. I think we're in a lower-scoring type game, something around the lines of 24-13 which would definitely help Michigan cover, but also help us cast the under as well. That would be way under with the total of 58 and a half way under. Uh, it does kind of feel like Michigan's going to run them over. Uh, we shall see if TCU's front seven can hold. They got to just totally sell out against the run and hope McCarthy has a bad game. Uh, the nightcap is the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Ohio State is getting six and a half points. When's the last time Ohio State was getting six and a half points? The total is 62 and a half. A lot of talent in this game, Emory. Yeah, and and this is something, if you're a scout, this is the type of game where you get some questions answered, right? Because here's some of the questions. How can C.J. Stroud play versus pressure versus, a you know, a muddy pocket? Well, guess what? He's going to get pressure in this bowl game against Georgia with Georgia's ability to apply pressure with their front four. They don't even have to blitz. Um, Georgia just can just apply pressure. So we'll see how well he does versus pressure. This is something like we saw in the Sugar Bowl with Justin Fields and Clemson. Would it, well, if you take away his ability to run, then you know he can't beat you. Well, that kind of happened in the game. He got smacked in the hip, and his ribs were bruised up. He had to play a one-dimensional game, and we saw him dominate Clemson with his arm. So can C.J. Stroud answer these questions versus pressure against Georgia? On the other side, can Georgia and their quarterback, Stetson Bennett, make plays consistently in the passing game? Because when you're facing a Larry Johnson defensive front, you know they're going to be solid in that capacity. I know they didn't stop the run against Michigan. Granted, Michigan runs the ball better than Georgia. Georgia can run the football, but they're not the same in since uh, this year, in my opinion, as they were last year. So can Stetson Bennett make plays versus this Ohio State secondary, which has given up the big play? Uh, you know, and we saw that against Michigan. So how better has this defense gotten for Ohio State? But can Stetson Bennett uh, have to play this game and, and go toe-to-toe with C.J. Stroud? Another question to me is, will Ohio State be able to find balance on offense can they run the football will they have some ability up front to win because their offensive line sometimes can get find themselves get pushed around a little bit so there's a lot of questions that's going to be able to be answered in this bowl game and um for me i I just feel like if you're looking at cj stroud you have to really lock in and the the other side of it is whether or not georgia's secondary this is not one receiver you're worrying about in this bowl game ross they got like five. So Georgia's going to have to cover. 
can you cover consistently against these elite options on a perimeter? That's what's going to be uh, what you should watch for in this game. That's interesting about the Stroud, because that is the topic always, is how does he do under duress with people around him? He, he doesn't have that very often. So really good point. What are you doing with the spread here, Emery, with Georgia laying six and a half? This, they, boy, Vegas knows how to put this number at the right number, right? Um, I feel like this is a, a good number. So I'm going to lay the points with Georgia. Now the over-under, I don't know, man. I feel like Georgia can – I can see both sides. I can see this being a, a game like Tennessee. I know the weather was you know, a factor in that Tennessee game. But I can also see this game going back and forth, right? So you just don't know. So I would stay away from the total. But I'm going to trust Georgia in their championship mindset and that ability to really disrupt things. Because C.J. Stroud is not Justin Fields um, in terms of arm talent and in terms of escapability and running threat. So if you do get back, he's more like Dwayne Haskins in the sense that he has to be able to beat you with his arm um, because he's not the most mobile guy. And I think that's going to hurt him in this game. He really can't damage you and create on his own. Now, unless he turns to a different person, you know, that'll be good for him for, from a draft prospect perspective. But in this game, I'm going to trust George's ability to muddy things up up front. So I'm going to lay the points with, with the Bulldogs. Check him out at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube. Of course, get the draft guide, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. We love those of you that rate and review the show. That really helps us out, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. There will be a lot to talk about next Monday after so many of these games are played. We can talk a little bit about the Rose Bowl and then dive into the national championship as well. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.